It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here on Silver and Black today, the post-game show, an Odyssey original podcast after the Raiders lose to the Colts 25-20 to in Las Vegas to fall to 2-7. and seven. Holy moly, just uh, a difficult uh, night for everybody. I hate for you guys all to go to your work week uh, with having to have watched that. Uh, sh- uh, shout out to Manesh Patin, uh, Patney, excuse me. Uh, over in the UK, he says, Josh has to go today. Otherwise, a top draft pick is useless. DC is not the issue. Okay, so he's there's a car fan uh, from the UK. Thank you uh, uh, for the chat as well. We appreciate that. Murph, let's talk about defense because we talked about car. We talked a little bit about offense. We talked about the whole thing at the beginning. But when you look at this defense, uh, again, Max Craw, I'm going to start with the positives, right? We're going to talk all these negatives. The chat's full of negatives. I get it. Uh, but but Max Crosby, this guy never stops. It doesn't matter if they were losing 58 to nothing. He would be going his heart. His motor is never off. He is earning every cent. It is unfortunate that the rest of the team isn't there with him. But my gosh, Raider Nation, this guy is a gem, and people got to feel good about him. And he is who you have to build your entire defense around. I couldn't agree with that statement more. That, like, if there's one, I mean, bright spot and something, again, for us to lock into root for as fans, it's 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 all Max Crosby. And and for everything that you just said is that, that relentlessness. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, clearly that doesn't come from coaching because he's had it before this uh, current regime has been in place, but like, that's what you want. You know, you want 10 other guys like that on defense too. And, and, and I, I, and I think that there's a, there's a, you know, hard work doesn't always dictate success, right? Like we can bust our ass and we can do all the work that we can, but sometimes you just got to have externals or you got to have an an innate ability, whether that's athleticism or, or otherwise. And so for whatever those things are, they are aligned for Max Crosby and that is the guy. And so I think that you build your, your defense around Max Crosby and Luke Masterson. Um, but, um, but like, seriously, like other than that, like when you think about like, like your, the core of your defense, like what else is there to build around? Like that's it. And that's a shame. Like, isn't that like, to me, like that's, that just that hits me in the feels a little bit that there's one guy defensively that we can build around. I mean, there's not anywhere else in the, the the secondary or otherwise where we can we can look at that and be like okay this is a you know somebody else that we can because there's not even like any young players that we've drafted really that we're waiting to like emerge or whatever like you know because at this point i mean they're all gone so <laughs> anyway, well, and, but that's what, that's what happens when you have bad drafts you can't have yeah. you can't miss you can everybody miss, the greatest gms in the history of football miss on guys all the time but what they don't do is miss on high round guys consecutive years in a row. That's what sets you back. So you're right. You have a defense now. Okay, you can add Nate Hobbs in who's been hurt, unfortunately. He looks promising. But then again, Trayvon Merrick did as well, and he's fallen off. Now that could be system. But outside of those two guys and maybe – Count Merrick is a third. Like, Mullen was that guy too. We were all he in was. love with Trayvon yeah. Mullen, and then all of a yeah. sudden he was freaking hurt all the time. And we had he to was. get rid of him. 
Yeah. You know? and, and and so so you're looking and this is where I tell Raider Nation that like you they say, well, hold on to Derek Carr. You have you got to start looking three years down the road. Now, could the Raiders quickly retool and be competitive in a playoff team after another year? I think so. In the NFL, you can do that. If you make the right moves, get supplement good drafts with some good free agent players that you hit on. Not Chandler Jones. Um, then, then you you can you can you can do that, right? So, so I think that's that's what I would say. And Jeff, I'm going to turn to you on this one too. You look at that defense, and I think if you have, I mean, you go back a couple years with the Raiders defense. The defense has been bad for a while, but you go back a couple years, and at least you had some guys who really came with fire, right? And and they might not have been the best players, and they were still ranked lower in the, but they played hard. This defense just seems to be. So out of whack. You don't get any play on the interior of the front of the defense except from Cleveland Farrell, who's actually improved a lot, and he was a healthy scratch tonight. I don't understand the philosophy of Patrick Graham here, Jeff. No, no, that's that's the million dollar question, right? You know, why did we bring this guy in? You know, he's you know, I I just don't understand it. You know, you get a guy like Clee, who you know, us on the show here at Raiders Fan Radio, we I mean, we give that guy a lot of crap. You know, especially yeah. our our capo Aaron the Q Dog Raider. You know that that's his guy. But uh, yeah, you know, but he kind of was on a hot streak the last couple of games. He looked pretty good. So to have him as a healthy scratch tonight and all that, I, I don't know, man, I'm not with it. Yeah, it's it's tough when you when you look at it that way, especially uh, I just think he's played a better interior. But you, you got you signed Bilal Nichols hasn't done anything right. We saw no. this Colts offensive line has been universally just blasted for being terrible. So then you come, they gave up nine sacks last week, folks. Nine sacks. And the Raiders got the one tonight, right? Yeah. I might be, I might be wrong. And that was, no, that was the one that Max was cleaned one. up after Chandler Jones missed it. That's right, right Murph. That's right. And so mm-hmm. you look at that and you say to yourself, wait a minute. You just went against one. Now, they can have a better game than they had last week. So you give up five sacks instead of nine. But, but not one. Yeah, but isn't this a common theme this season, Scott? Yes. Yes. Doesn't it that it 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 it's everyone's every everyone's get right game is the Raider game. You know, right. it's just it blows my mind. That's so crazy to me that you know all the talent that we have on this team and yeah, we look just, Jonathan Taylor got right tonight. Yeah, he yeah, got oh, right. Oh yeah, he did yards and stuff like that when he's been slumping. So right. yeah, you know, you look all over the place. You see people all of a sudden just have the game of their life when they play the Raider defense, you know, well, and, and just and, they don't understand it. And Jeff, that's why I look at Patrick Graham here too, and the defensive coaching staff, because it's sort of like, I don't know about you guys, but I love college basketball. And you sometimes see college teams, high ranked teams, they go to play some cupcake team. And we always used to call it, they'd play down to their competition. And a lot of times that's sometimes, I mean, when you're talking about college kids, it's kids, so they can just get distracted. But with professional athletes and professional teams like the Raiders, to me, when you're playing down to your competition, I think a lot of responsibility falls on that coaching staff because they are supposed to get you prepared, get you ready, not let you read the headlines about how bad this team is and instead have you go out and excel. And we're not seeing that. Sure. No, absolutely not. Well, you know, and it's the culture, man. It's not just play calling and stuff yeah. like that. It yeah. seems like no one's having fun, man. You know, you play better and you work well together when you're out there having a good time with all your coworkers, man, because that's really what this is. It's a business. We all love it. We're fans, all that good stuff, but it's a business, man. And so when these people are in a culture and an atmosphere that is just not good, it's just not fun. You know, they're not going to do anything. They miss tackles. You know, you look at a guy like oh. Rock, Rock Yassine, man. Uh, you know, great open field tackler in his career. 
friggin' missed and whiffed on like three or four today. You know, <laughs> our did. number 58, I don't even know who that guy is, a depth linebacker, number 58, who missed that fumble right there. I don't even think he just needs clear clear out of the locker room. He's done. <laughs> He's done. See you, bye. Je- Jeff has you know spoken. I mean? Jeff has spoken. Uh, <laughs> Jeff is going to put him on the waiver wire tomorrow. Watch out. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Murph, let's let's talk about uh, you talk about this defense. They've surrendered. They surrendered this game. 415 yards of total offense, okay? Uh, gave up 6 of 11 on third down. That's 55%. Again, goal to go, the Raiders. I mean, we've talked about this, right? And the national pundits talk about it all the time. Raiders, uh, they only had one goal to go, the Colts, the Colts did, and uh, 100% on that one. But the average gain on offense, 7 yards. Jeez. Now, that's not coaching. That's just pure talent. And again, we know players were out injured. Of course, Perryman was out. Farrell was out. Farrell Jr., who's been better of late, was out as well. Um, this Raiders team has been void at linebacker, especially, Murph, for what, 11 years? About? Something uh, like that? Kirk Morrison. Yeah, yeah. And so and so, it, it should be no surprise. So when people beat up on the defense, I don't disagree that the defense is bad because it is. But they don't have talent. And, and a lot of us talked about that in the offseason and said, listen, there's not much there. Yeah, okay, Chandler Jones, we thought he would make a big difference. He hasn't. And so all the pressures come on the back end of that defense, which we know has crumbled. I mean, they released Jonathan Abram. That's, that's where you know they've turned the page and started looking towards the future. But worries me more, Murph, is what Jeff was talking about, was it doesn't look like these players. Remember when Paul Gunther was there and it was too confusing and there was too many calls and people didn't have fun? And it, it seems like we're right back there again. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, our, our buddy, Will Compton, you, you know, uh, Frank Sinatra told me never to drop names, but, uh, so, our, but our friend Will, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he about that, about like a plan into that Paul Gunther defense. And like, he would be running out there. Of course, uh, for those of you that, that don't remember, Will wore the green dot when Tier yep. Whitehead went out with injury and was the, the leading tackler for the Raiders. Was that 19, Jeff? Yeah. And so, I mean, so Will was an integral part of that defense. And he said there was plenty of times that the call would come in and he'd look around at the huddle and the guys wouldn't know what that play was or they wouldn't know what that that, that call was because they hadn't worked on it yet uh, in mm. practice. It was only in the playbook, but they didn't, they never worked on it. So there was a lot of confusion and there was a lot of players in bad places. And you've heard this coaching staff talk a lot about that idea that like, well, we've got to work upon getting guys in the right places and guys have to get themselves to the right places. And it's almost an indictment of the players. And, and I just, there's something about that idea that like that coach speak of that. Well, my idea is so great. My strategy is so great. It's up to you to make sure that you get to that right spot all the time, but you can't, I think the expectation is unrealistic to, to have that in such a short period of time, whether on offense or defense. And it's just like, there's something about that. There's to me, I think it's, and again, I'm just a fan. And so uh, I've only ever coached youth football in my life. I played in high school. And <laughs> so I, I'm far from an expert around here, but the idea of that you have a system and that you need to draft and or add players that fit your system versus coming into a new environment and building something around the existing talent that you already have. To me, that is a level of arrogance, Scott, that I do not understand. And yeah. I, and look, and these guys are in the NFL and they've gotten to these positions in life because they've been great at what they do. And they're, it's, a, it's such an, 
um, you know, it's such a small minority of people that get that opportunity to coach in the NFL, whether it's the head coaching position or a coordinator or whatever else. Like it's such a small percentage of people that actually get to, to go and do that. And just to, to, to have that greatness, to get to those levels, and then you get there, and then you're so like ad, ad, adhered or whatever, I don't even know that's a word, but you're so stuck to whatever that yeah. thing is that, 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 that your plan is. I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't you go into an environment and say, okay, this is what this guy does. Great. Right. Let me put him in that spot. Let me just, and, and, and I, and I'll shut up after this. The, the, the part of it, I think that is most confusing to me is that all off season, the entire story of this coaching staff was adaptation was that we're going to be able to, we're going to be able to maneuver on the go. We're going to be able to, to, to change as we're going along. This Patrick Graham was asked, what's kind of scheme do you run? Do you run four three? Do you run three four? Do you run five two? Do you run? And he said, "Yes, we run yeah. all of them." Because his <laughs> whole thing was, "I'm all about getting guys into positions and taking advantage of matchups." The end. And yeah. how much of that have we seen? Correct. And it's it's akin to me walking in and saying, "Hey, hey, employees, listen, I'm brilliant. I know everything. You got to do what I say." And wait, it's not working. Why aren't you as brilliant as I am? Why, why can't you figure it out? I mean, I invented this and I'm freaking brilliant. You should know this. How hard is it? You imbeciles, right? I mean, that's the, and I agree with you. It, it is the ultimate to me in arrogance because, and not only that, it's dumb because you go in and you don't have the players to do your system yet. Right. And so when you evaluate the talent and you say, Hey, you know what? We're not there on offense or we're not there on defense. So guess what, guys? Our playbook that used to be 180 plays or whatever the right number is, we're going to shrink it to 60 because you know what? We don't have those guys yet. So we're going to make it successful because everybody knows, I don't care what you do for a living. When you do something and you start to do it well and you're learning it, guess what happens? You gain confidence and you get better at it. And then you add something else to it to then further extend and get better. But that's not what happened here. What happened here is they came in and said, here you go. We're brilliant. Ding, ding, ding. Look at all the rings. And guess what? And I was yes. guilty of saying, hey, these guys have the rings too. But at the same time, you have to adjust to the situation and the personnel. Okay. If I, if I have somebody who's really good at making pancakes and somebody orders waffles and I know they're going to be crappy, guess what? I'm sorry. We just don't have waffles here. We're going to do pancakes for a while. I'll go hire somebody to make waffles. Hang on. But that's not what they did. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No, they went all IHOP and tried to make burgers instead of making pancakes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, That's a just great analogy. Pancakes, man. Like, That's what's a great analogy. Like, you know, and I, and I look at, like, like Gus Bradley, who had part of the revenge tour this that the Raiders are on this week. Like, let's just go lose to everybody that ever coached our team. Um, but like, thankfully, Bill Musgrave is at Stanford or whatever. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like, that, that idea that, like, okay, like, last year there was criticism around Gus Bradley's cover three defense because it was like, right. oh, it was so simple. And he was like, Look, I'm going to run cover three. That's all we're going to run. And we're going to do our things within the game to get players in positions. We're not going to blitz a ton, blah, 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 blah. All right. 
and it wasn't great, but it was a hell of a lot better than it is now. But at least like he had his thing, but then he let everybody kind of find their way yep. in his thing. And and so I, that's the, again, I it, like whatever. I want to keep rehashing over and over again. But yeah, I just don't, I don't understand <laughs> why you just wouldn't take that into consideration. At least at a minimum, be moldable in a way. Because here's the yeah. thing, and then and and like I am to look at it through the lens of of like the offense in terms of Josh McDaniels, right? Forever with New England, forever with Tom Brady and Bell Belichick and all consistency across the board. Like you said, familiarity with this over a long mm-hmm. period of time, you could introduce all these trick plays and all this creativity and all that kind of stuff. Cause everybody was on the same page. That wasn't, they didn't drop that day one, right? You think about Peyton Manning playing for the Colts to keep it relative to the team today. He played with Tom Moore and Tony Dungy for how many years yep. was, were those two guys, the guys that were coaching him directly and the ones he was working with day in day out. So you had familiar familiarity with Dallas Clark and Edron James and all these guys. So you could do that stuff. You could expand outside the box a little bit to try to introduce that to a Raiders offense. That's got, yes, it's got talent, but man, we we're still, you know, we've got weakness in the offensive line and whatever else, yeah. but like, you can't like introduce all these like crazy concepts and things. Like let's just see. Let's not run a jet sweep on third and two. Like, like let's just. Oh, the Adams pass, man. The oh, Adams pass. Oh, wow. I just, I just, I just don't understand it. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. Scott, that, <laughs> that play. We're looking at each other, going like, "Here's Devontae Adams, like <laughs> looking, to, like looking to pass, makes a brilliant play, it's like cr- literally creating, you know, lemonade out of lemons, and yeah. then Jermaine Illuminor shows up." Come yeah. on, 72, like with the holding, like it's just like that is like the epitome of the Raiders season so far. But but that's Ooh, why that's, that's what ball. happens when you have when you have a third stringer starting at right tackle because you didn't address it. Uh, right. And again, uh, you just that's the way they made the choice. They got to live with it. We all have to live with it. Um, all right. Before we're going to we're going to get wrapped up here on the show pretty quickly. I want to go around and get some final comments and I'll start with Jeff and finish with Murph. Uh, Jeff, so you think about. um you think about this game, you think about Raiders two and seven, the fans in chat. And by the way, fans in chat and, and Jeff, I think you'll share this sentiment with me. At least I hope you will. Uh, John Gruden, please don't bring up John Gruden. Let's go higher. Let's go back. No. Don't go no, backwards. Stop. It's all life is all about if anything. Go uh, give Rich Basacci a call. I respect those comments more because he actually won more games. But but the point is just look forward. But Jeff, this team tomorrow, I mean, I I cannot believe I thought there would be a sacrificial lamb after the Saints loss and how that went down. Then you had last week. Now you have this week. If you're the Raiders and you're Dave Ziegler. Uh, put that hat on for right now and tell me, what do you do tomorrow to kick this team in the ass and at least try to get things going in the right direction, even if playoffs and all that's out of the question? Well, actually walk up to your best friend, Josh McDaniels, and literally kick him in the ass. <laughs> you know what, I mean? like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you know, you got you got to do better, man. This This ain't working, you know? And hopefully Mark Davis has another conversation with Josh McDaniels. He needs to have another serious heart to heart after this game with Josh McDaniels. You know what? Third time's a charm. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, you know that's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, seven times a charm. You know, conversations after every game, and you know, but you know, yeah, but I mean, on a, on a serious note, Scott, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Patrick Graham. I mean, yeah, Patrick Patrick Graham's got to go. If anyone's got, I mean, you got Rob Ryan in the back. Just, just 
throw a headset on him, do his thing, finish the season, whatever, whatever. But yeah, I mean, some something's got to happen. You got to have a big shakeup somewhere, right? Because well, clearly, the message that's being you know said after every loss, after every week of practice, all this stuff, because it was a what did you what did you say a special, dynamite a special, week, a special week, a special week. Good, good. Yeah, it was special. All right. Um, but, you know, so I don't know. You got to do something. You got to shake something up and, you know, light a fire under these guys it, because they don't know how to do it. Josh McDaniels does not know how to fire guys up. And so, I don't know, bring someone else in. Bring in Fred Bolitnikoff. Bring in a alumni guy, something like that. Call up Tim yeah. Brown, Charles Woodson, any of these guys. Say, Phil Villabiano. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't fire these guys up. So let me get someone else to come in. Be a team player, Josh. Let's do it, man. Bring in Fred Caliendo. See if we can do some impressions. <laughs> Swag Jeff. Make sure you catch him on Raiders Fan Radio. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Jeff, thanks, man. I appreciate it so much. Ah, thanks for letting me join in, man. All right. Before I get to Murph, I want to say I, Kelly Kreiner, my former co-host uh, on the radio on this show, uh, uh, Murph, he, he made the recommendation. He says he can solve it all. He says his new mantra is... Uh, you ready for this? Yeah. Hire Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't so painful, it wouldn't be so funny. Oh my gosh! Maybe Richie oh. Incognito's free. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think he could, he could get somebody fired up. That's for sure. Yeah, what's um, Steve doing right now? <laughs> there you go. His son's a cop in Vegas. Bring him in. What the oh, hell? There we go. Um, but Murph, before I let you go, and again, thank you to Sw uh, you and Swag Jeff for for coming on for the extended show tonight. Um, you look at. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Swag Jeff, which was, okay, tomorrow, we, what do you do? And I know everybody's in the chat saying fire McDaniel's, fire McDaniel's, fire Graham. Those are all options. I don't think the McDaniel's thing will happen. Could be wrong. I doubt it. But uh, if you had to go in tomorrow and shake things up, what do you do with this Raiders team, this coaching staff, and the players? Yeah, I think that the, the PG's the guy. And let's not bring in any more defensive coordinators with those initials. Like, I think that that's the move <laughs> to make. And, and you know, and, and I would like to sit here and give you a more creative answer. But, I you know, when you look at, like, Ziggler is not going anywhere Here's the thing, Raider Nation. Mark Davis is going to own the football team. He's not selling it. And Dave Ziegler is going to be your GM. And his best friend is Josh McDaniels. He's going to be your head coach. He's going to have some runway. If anything, Mark Davis about him, we know that he gives coaches runway. He gave John Gruden 10 freaking years for crying out loud. Josh McDaniels is not going to get fired midseason. Even though it's probably warranted, and I think that if Mark was more Al, then that would have already happened. But I don't believe that that's going to happen unless there's just an in total, complete revolt in the locker room. I don't think that Josh goes anywhere either. So what do you, what happens is that you look the first off, you're going to get player moves and then you're going to get coaching moves. We've already seen the player movement start to happen. So I think at this point it's coaching and where's the one thing you can point at like, cause Josh is the de facto offensive coordinator. He's not going to fire Mick Lombardi. What's Mick Lombardi yeah. even do? You know what yeah. I mean? So no. I think Patrick Graham is the guy and I, and I hate that. And I, and I hate to just be continually calling for someone's job. Cause I mean, I know what it's like to be out of a job and it's not a pleasant place to be, but like, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what else to, you got, but this is a meritocracy, man. You got to have yeah. results. And that's the, the most glaring deficiency that we have on the team right now is, is the defensive output. And so I think like Jeff's point, you've got a, a, a former defensive coordinator for the Raiders for crying out loud in the building. Like, I mean, I think it's time to just move the headset <laughs> around a little bit and, and call yeah. it a day. 
Yeah, I love Boogie in the chat says, overthrow the head coach. <laughs> it's a new way to put it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, you get paid a lot of money to coach the team, and the team is not reacting. And I, I don't know, we don't know, and we talk about this all the time, we're not in the locker room, right? I'm not there like I was in the building last year, two years ago, uh, it, so I could get a sense for things. We're not there. So, so I don't know what's happening in the locker room. But after the last loss you saw, we haven't seen the post-game stuff because we've been doing the show tonight, but it can't be good. And, and to your point, if it gets to the point, I, I don't think Josh McDaniels gets fired unless there is such an open revolt and the players stop playing well. I shouldn't say stop playing well. They've played, stopped playing well already. Uh, but, but if they don't, if they don't respond and they, and they lose the locker room, then you're, as Mark Davis, you're almost forced to do that, right? But then yeah. if you look at the you look at the coaching staff, who's going to step up and be an interim head coach? You got all kind. I mean, it's it's not a good thing. So uh, I agree with you. I think Patrick Graham might uh, be on the on the waiver wire for coaches tomorrow uh, because Mark Davis cannot be happy. We know he doesn't like being humiliated. We saw it after the Jack Del Rio uh, coaching situation and when he fired him right after the game. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about that one. So whatever you want to say about Mark Davis, when he's really embarrassed, he's not happy. And so we'll see what happens after tonight. Murph, before we go, of course, tell everybody about the show. Tell everybody about the One Nation Foundation, because every show you guys do, every dollar you collect in the chat and all that stuff goes right to the charity. So tell people all about it and tell people about the Crab Fest coming up in December. Oh, cool. Thank you for asking, as always, Scott. Yeah, so our nonprofit is the One Nation Foundation. We formed it when we realized we could make some money with Raiders Fan Radio. And 100% of the money that we raise, whether that's direct donations or that's advertising dollars or merchandise sales, all goes to the One Nation Foundation, and it supports Raiders-related charities. And uh, the main charity that we're supporting this year is the Blitnikoff Foundation. Uh, the Blitnikoff Foundation sponsors a place called Tracy's Place of Hope and the Blitnikoff Center of Hope, and it helps young women find rehabilitative services uh, from domestic violence or substance abuse and counseling services. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. And so we are going to issue them a check for for ten grand. All wow. thanks to uh, all the listeners of Raiders Fan Radio. That is not from us. That we are just the vessels. It is 100% our listeners and our audience. And this show has been uh, an incredible, uh, you know, boost to that. And yes. so I thank you for the platform as always. Um, but yeah, but if you, if you check out our show, even if you can't donate to it monetarily, just give us a thumbs up, give us a like, give us a subscribe, make a yes. comment in the chat room, whatever else, just join with us on Wednesdays at 4 PM Pacific, seven Eastern. And uh, just jump in the chat with, 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 with me and swag Jeff and our co-host Michelle and, uh, and, 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 and all of that again, serves, uh, the greater Raider nation and, and, and the good of Raider nation. And we're, we're honored to be able to be a part of it. And, uh, and thank you again for having us, Scott. I think Jeff and I are going to now go play Madden 16 and relive this before we go. <laughs> It's it's funny having Michelle in there. Do you guys have some estrogen in the room? It's like it kind of breaks it up a little bit every once in a while, which is kind of nice. It does, and she's and it's funny because she's the feistiest and foulest mouth of all of us. Totally, yes. and uh, and and yeah, and Michelle has been a great asset to our show. We love having her. We are uh, we have we've become great friends with Michelle in real life outside the show, and uh, so now have her be a part of it has just been a, been a, been been great. And you know, she knows her stuff, and she's a, she's about as passionate of a Raider fan as you could possibly get. Like, yeah, <laughs> it comes across. Yeah, it comes across as it does with you guys all the time. And again, I can't say enough about uh, Jeff, Michelle, and of course Merv and all all that they do on the show not only the good that they do with the foundation which you just heard about but just the conversation uh, your listeners are awesome and and we certainly appreciate that and appreciate you guys coming on as always and Murph we will see you next week again hopefully we keep saying it every week hopefully after a win 
Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> You'll or we'll see. Be, or we'll be talking about the. We'll be talking about how the how well the how how well did the new defensive coordinator do? There we go. Give us something to look forward to, Raiders. Please, for the love of all things, like please. Give us oh, that's word. right. All right, Murph. Take care, my friend. Have a good week. All right. Thank you again, Scott. Have a good night. All right. That's going to close it out for us here on the post game show. Raiders lose 25 20 to the Indianapolis Colts to move to two and seven. Hang in there, Raider Nation. I know it's tough. I appreciate everybody in the live chat on YouTube. Spirited, good stuff. We certainly appreciate you guys being there and all the support that you give us here on the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Uh, we are an Odyssey original podcast, and you can find us anywhere you get your audio podcast. And then if you're watching us on YouTube, do us a favor, hit subscribe and the notifications bell. That way, every time we have a new video, which is usually Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, evening around 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on those. Uh, you can watch, including our mailbag show. Also, a shout-out to our good friend and my co-host, Mo Moten, still getting over his little bug and what he was dealing with, so we uh, wish him the best of health and hope to have him back on Tuesday, if not Tuesday, hopefully Thursday. For everybody here at Silver and Black today, including Swag Jeff and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, this has been Scott Branson and Silver and Black today. Take care, Raider Nation. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>